Hello and welcome to the First and Ten Chargers podcast. Uh, welcome everyone back. Today we're doing part two of our off-season perfect scenarios. Uh, last week we did the offense, so this week obviously we're moving over to defense and you know making everything defensive-minded. All the draft picks, all the free agent acquisitions that we're doing. Uh, last week we kind of split everything up in half and yeah made it everything offensive based, like I say. And now this week's defense. Ash, bring you in. How are you, mate? You okay? Yeah, good. Thanks, buddy. You? Yeah, very good. Very good. Looking forward to this week's pod because I really enjoyed last week. It's really, really fun exercise to do. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you run through every, everything for everyone again and just kind of explain it kind of in your project that you've had on this one? Yeah. Um, well, we looked at the uh, the cap for the LA Chargers this year and it's around 60 million. So what we thought would be a good idea to do just for this off season would be to split the cap 30, um, 30 million each side, 30 on offense, 30 on D, and then basically look for our roster, um, cull all the players that we think are a bit of dead wood or we shouldn't re-sign on big contracts, and then re-sign the, our own free agents, then look into the free agency pool, sign free agents from other teams, and then obviously look at the draft and pick out the positions of need and best players available there to basically mm. fill out the offensive side and the defensive side so obviously if Rivers is going then we need to get a QB in if Melvin Gordon's going running back etc so basically just break the positions down on the offense side and onto the defensive side mm. and then fill in fill in the fill in the holes really yeah perfect no I think we did quite a lot of good offensive surgery you know last week changing up you know like you say the two, two players that you mentioned there you know Melvin Gordon Philip Rivers kind of out the door in our scenario and you know we brought in some new fresh blood and I think we you know made a great offense especially on the offensive line as well mm-hmm. um, so you know hopefully Tom Tesco's listening you can sort of take a few <laughs> of our ideas yeah definitely <laughs> um, yeah so obviously I'm going to start on this one because obviously you know, more the defensive side of the ball for me um, so I'm going to start with um, free agents in-house um, there's not too many for all the Chargers this year for defensive in-house free agents I'll just run through them for you so we've got Damien Square uh, Nick Zubner uh, Jalen Watkins, Isaac Rochelle, who's a restricted free agent, uh, Jatavis Brown, Sylvester Williams, Adrian Phillips, and Michael Davis. Um, like I say, it's not it's not too bad of a, a group to you know if you're coming up looking at your free agents, it's not no big names really involved there. Um, is there anyone that, you, that kind of sticks out to you that's like a definite must keep out of this before I kind of go into what I've done? Yeah, I think we've talked about it a few times that um, we really want Phillips to stay around, just mm. to be leader in the in the locker room. Um, Isaac Rochelle might be a nice player to keep hold of. Um, and maybe Michael Davis is, as a sort of depth at corner um, is a possibility of another one to sort of keep around. Um, but other than that, really, uh, like I said, I think we've, there's a, some definite fresh blood we need in some, mm. some areas. Yeah, for sure. I think, like you say, apart from Adrian Phillips, I wouldn't be heartbroken if any of these players didn't get kept in real life. Yep. Um, it's definitely a group that can be sort of refresh and you know, we could use the money elsewhere. You know, obviously we've got some big name free agents coming up in the next couple of years that we could do with a cap space. But anyway, let's move on to what I, what I actually did. So I'm going to start, I'm just going to run through it in the order that I uh, yep. just went through because that's the way I run that. <laughs> so Damien Square, um, he was on $2 million uh, per year this year. But I think it was just a one-year contract actually. Yep. Uh, and I'm going to re-sign him. I'm going to re-sign him just to another one-year $2 million deal. I think he's a good glue guy. I think he adds depth to the defensive line because he can play both inside and out. You know, he's, yeah. he's 31, so he's not going to command too much. He's never commanded too much in terms of wage in the NFL. Uh-huh. And if he doesn't play well, you know, you, you can get rid of him. 
it's not it's not an easy it's not a difficult cut to make you know he's already gone he's automatically just not not going to be renewed but i think you need these kind of high energy high motor guys along the defensive line so i'm, yep. I'm happy to keep damon square again on just a two million quite cheap yep. cheap deal next up uh nick to uh one and a half million dollar paid this year i'm cutting him we should have been gone last year you know yep. he never plays defensive snaps he's Special teams value has been reduced by the likes of Watt, Tranquil, people like that. They're now the stars on special teams. Um, I just think this is way too much to be paying a guy who doesn't do a lot. And maybe, you know, you've got Emma Quigg, Whaley, the sixth rounder from last year. Maybe he can step up and be a special teamer yeah. uh, because Nick Zubin just isn't doing anything for me. So I think that's an easy cut. And like I said, I think he should have gone last year. I don't think you'll be arguing too much yeah. about that one, will you? No, definitely not. <laughs> uh, don't want to spend any more time on him. Um, Nick, uh, sorry, not Nick Watkins. Uh, it was Sammy Watkins then, third time lucky. Jalen Watkins, uh, eight, just over eight hundred grand this year. I'm going to resign him again, just to another cheap one-year deal. It's kind of what he's been kept around on with the Chargers. Uh, obviously, the first year he was injured completely through his first full year. But I think when he's seen the field, I think like he's played fairly well. You know, and we're talking yeah. like you mentioned with Michael Davis, who we'll come on to later on. We do need this versatility we need this depth in the defensive yeah, backfield yeah so i feel like you know when when we're looking at these keeping these cheap players around you might as well keep someone around who you know he's a veteran he's 27 years old and we can keep him around fairly cheap i don't think there's any sort of danger in that you know it's a it's a low risk high reward yeah. kind of deal what do you think yeah yeah i like it so next up uh restricted free agent isaac rochelle um obviously someone who the Chargers drafted a few years ago it's someone I want to keep around. Um, I'm going to give him an, another cheap deal. I'm going to sign up for a few years, though. Um, I'm going to give him a three-year deal and give him $6 million. He's going to be kind of like Damien Square for the future, I kind of I wrote down. He's been quiet mm-hmm. this year, but I think that was due to spending less time on the field. Because obviously, Joey Bosa played the full year this year, which was the first yeah. time in his career. And Isaac Rochelle is the backup to Bosa directly. He had five sacks in 2018, which is obviously quite impressive. He plays <clears> with a lot of hustle. He plays with a lot of energy. And as I said, it's, it's kind of the same kind of mindset that I was talking about with Damon Square. I feel like he can become that kind of player in the future. Um, I don't know if I wanted him to be my edge three for forever, but, you know, keeping a good depth of these for three years, someone that you've grown in-house, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, to be honest with you. I guess this is someone that you'd like to keep around as well, given what you said. Yeah, about. I would. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that he, he's a pretty good uh, player when you bring him in for certain packages. And mm. I, just, I just think that he's all around... He's not a bad player for what you're asking him to do. Obviously, there's certain parts of his game that obviously he's not he's not very good at. But what we need him for, and like you said, the depth where we need him, and especially in that sort of another pass rusher, because he can give you that either inside or outside. So I think that, like you said, keeping him around would be a good idea. Yeah, for sure. Um, and obviously, you know, it's our seventh round pick from a few years ago. You know, you might as yeah. well keep him around. It's someone who we've grown and we've done quite well out of, really. I think yeah, we, we, have, can, yeah. we can see more growth as well from him in the future. Uh, next up, Jatavis Brown. Uh, I couldn't quick him, cut him fast enough, to be honest with you. He just doesn't offer anything anymore. He's yeah, kind man. of like the defensive version of Nick Zubna, where, you know, there's just people moved ahead of him in the queue. He was, he was quite promising for a yeah. little while, a couple yeah. of years ago. But, you know, with likes of Tranquil, Kaze White, those you know, small side, you know, Jatavis Brown was kind of a small linebacker slash safety when he came in. And now we've got two other guys who kind of like safety uh, linebacker hybrid, um, like those two players that I've just named. Yeah. And they're way better than him, you know, and yeah. Jatavis Brown's obviously older. So, yeah, couldn't quit, cut him fast enough and uh, just one that just needs to, just kind of had a sell-by date for the Chargers, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think it's time to run now. 
Uh, next up, Sylvester Williams. He was just on uh, 800,000. He was kind of brought in as a short-term fix, you know, defensive tackle when Mebane went down. I'm not going to keep him around. There's no reason to. You need to get younger and, and fresher at that position and someone mm-hmm. who want to invest the draft pick in maybe. Yep. So again, another easy cut for me on this one. Yep. Uh, next up, obviously the guy who we want to keep around, obviously going to keep Adrian Phillips around. Um, he signed another one-year deal with the Chargers, which last off-season, I don't know about you, Ash, but I was a bit surprised that the Chargers were able to keep him around on a one-year deal because he played yeah. really well the season before. Yeah, well. yeah, he did. Yeah, definitely. I think that we, I was expecting something to pop up, like a three-year deal. So obviously, mm. he, was, he, was really, he was really good in the locker room, good on special teams, and obviously good when he, when he played last year as well on D. So, yeah, it was a quite surprising he only signed a one-year deal. I think to, like, we've, we've talked about it before, Telesco, it manages to get value for money in some areas. So I think that if we can get it, get him back through the door again on a nice cheap one-year deal or possibly a two-year deal with incentives, then yeah, it'd be, it'd be good to have him around. Mm. I think, yeah, just quick side note on Tom Flosco. I think that is one of his greatest strengths, I think, really. Just getting value for money on contracts never really seems to overpay. He seems to be able yeah. to get people a little bit below what you'd expect. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely kudos to him for that. If this was me, though, I'm keeping Adrian Phillips around for three years. Like you say, I'm going to pay him, though. I'm going to give him $9 million over that time. Yeah, I think it's important just to give him that security. You know, he's been cut, you know, infamously so many times. I think it's seven or eight times, isn't it? You want to give yeah. this guy some security. There's probably the contract that he should have got last year. To be honest with you, he's another important thing in the locker room, like say versatile. And he's a good player. Um, you know, if you lock him up for three years, that now takes him up to thirty years old because he's now twenty-seven. So that should be through what is now the rest of his prime years. Yeah. So I'm quite happy to kind of pay him. You know, he's like, he's not going to start, obviously, but he can play in safety. He can play linebacker. He's that dime linebacker, obviously, in yep. some packages. And like I say, he's a good locker room guy, as you said. So yeah, I'm more than happy to sort of shell out a little bit for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, last one for the sort of out of contract in house free agency is Michael Davis. And this might surprise you a little bit, but I'm going to cut him. Okay. I think he's an athlete, but his coverage skills, I don't think they've progressed in the way that we'd all hoped at all. You know, he showed yeah. flashes in his early career. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we saw it all year throughout the whole well, the whole season. Like I say, um, opposite Case Hayward, who, Case Hayward doesn't get thrown at because he's that good. So the other team yeah. pick on the other corner. Yeah. And, you know, Michael Davis, Brandon Faison, they just got picked on all year. So we need to have some form of competence over the other side. And we know that yes, Michael Davis yeah. isn't it. And I know that we need depth, but I think we can attack that in other ways. You know, we've got draft, we've got free agency coming up. So mm-hmm. I think we can just refresh the defensive backfield, like I said. And, you know, we've got Watkins, they've re-signed. So, you know, if you're looking for like a corner four or guys to kind of fill out the depth chart at the corner, you kind of got Jalen Watkins as well and you can fill out the rest of the younger guys, I would say. Would you have kept him around though? Um, depending on the money, yeah, I think I probably would have. Just because I think that you corner and edge rusher really you can't have enough of sure um, yeah, no, I get that just, completely. I just think that w- with the how the league going obviously he does his coverage isn't great I mean he's a physical guy but like you said he can get beat deep and and mm. sometimes he can get he can get the, get the better uh wide receivers can get the better of him but um yeah I mean it like I said if, if you're it's a big it's a deep draft um this year for corner so there's there's a possibility of the Chargers uh getting some good unrestricted free agents as well as um, also drafting some mm-hmm. and, and also as well free agency. There is, there is some corners that I think that once the first, first um, round of corners sort of go off the board in free agency, I think you can still get some, like we got uh, Casey Hayward that time. I still think there's going to be some good corners around that are probably better than Davis that you can still get for cheap. So I can understand where you're coming from. 
Yeah, for sure. And that's the kind of road that I'm kind of going down later on. Um, what? So just off the top of your head, what kind of deal would you have offered him if you did keep him around? Would it just be like a one-year kind of prove it again kind of thing? Or would you yeah, I probably would have. Yeah, just sort of like a, another one-year deal. Just it, Obviously, that's it. If we can get him back for that, that other teams might offer him more. But I, can't, I can see him being sort of the, the third round of corners once all the big free, agencies, uh, free agents go. Then the second wave of, of ones go who take more visits and stuff. And then I can mm. see Michael Davis being that third tier of people filling in holes before the draft. Of maybe if we don't get one, we can get someone else through the door to give us some depth. So, yeah, I think a one-year deal would have been sort of that one year, one year sort of two and a half million, I think you could have got him for maybe. Mm. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I think it's in, if we're talking about real life and what Tom Flesco might do, I feel like it could be the one thing where he gets cut for a little while and he, we, he's, you know, he sets the open market, but then he comes yeah. back. Yeah. You know, like you say, in that third round if, if, of, of free agency and, you know, if the Chargers haven't brought anyone in, they maybe want someone, they can bring someone back who knows the club, knows yeah. the scheme. I think it's going to be quite cheap. I think we did that with Rochelle last year, actually. I think we did that with Rochelle last year. We've done it with a couple of people, I think, in recent yeah. times. But yeah, um, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if it happened again with him, uh, like you say, but later on in the off season. Mm-hmm. So that's my in-house free agents wrapped up, and I have spent only four point four million doing that. So I've not spent very much at all. Uh, cool. Just bringing in a few people, I'm just doing a little bit of in-house cutting, like you say, clearing out the deadwood. Uh, I'm going to do that even more because I'm going to do some veteran cuts as well. Yep. I think we've got some I think we've all, we've talked about it on the previous podcast and I don't think any of these names are gonna kind of shock anyone. Um but these guys are gonna save us chunks of money that you know can go to younger guys and can go to especially one person who I'll come on to um later on. But so I'm gonna cut Brandon Mebane. I'm gonna whip through these because it's like I say it's not gonna be shocking. I'm gonna cut Brandon Mebane, who's gonna cut uh so save us four four and a quarter million. He's not been up to scratch for a couple of years. Nice. Um, you know, he came over from the Seahawks and he was he was quite good for his first year and then he sort of tailed off. Thomas Davis saves five and a quarter million. I don't think this has worked. I want to get faster and more mobile in the linebacking department. I don't yep. want slow linebackers and linebackers who are making tackles further down the field than we'd like. Yep. And obviously Denzel Perryman's going as well, who saves six yep. million. I'm just not overpaying him for that. I think he knows it. I think his attitude showed towards the end of the season. Yeah, he knew it as well. So you know, I'm saving over fifteen and a half million dollars there yeah. in cuts, and that brings me up to forty-one point one million to go shopping with. So perfect. And I don't think you know, I don't think I'm being unfair there. I don't think there's anything that we disagree with personally on any of those three. Um, okay. You know, it just gives me more money to go shopping, and we've got one yeah. kind of contract looming. And that's Joey Bosa. So I'm going to go through my free agents and I'm still going to end up with enough money for Joey Bosa. That's been kind of my goal the whole way through. Cool. Because, you know, we've, we've said it in the past, haven't we, that we want to kind of lock Joey Bosa up this, yeah, this year. Uh-huh. Uh, not going to let him hit that fifth year option and, you know, potentially hold out again, especially with the new CBA on the horizon. Yep. Okay, so moving into kind of my out-of-house free agents now. So the f- I'm going to start with, at the end, actually, the way I've written them down, because I've got two that I think you'll like quite a lot. Um, and then I've got two, sorry, one that I'm a bit, I don't know. I think, I don't, I think you might question it a little bit, but I'm, I'm going to go for it anyway. So my first one, um, is probably my hardest to acquire free agent and that's Patrick Owasso from Baltimore. Yeah. Obviously we talked about linebackers in the, in the previous pods and stuff like that. I know we've mentioned Corey Littleton, but I tried to kind of steer away. I'm not saying that the guys that we've brought up in the past have been kind of bad deals or wouldn't want to do them, but I just tried to make some fresh content. 
yeah. let's bring up some fresh names. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Patrick Russell, I think he makes plays. I think he gets he can move all around. He forces fumbles. Yeah. He can make big stops. He can rush the passer. Baltimore kind of moved him around quite a lot and had a lot of success doing that. Yeah. I think that he's not going to make it out of Baltimore. Um, but yeah, I think pairing him with the young linebackers that we have, you know, White, Tranquil, Mosu, could make a really dynamic linebacking group, and especially when yep. you make like Derwin James and maybe a couple of other guys that we can add um, in the draft. So yeah, I'm going to go big. You know, I might offer him a, a four-year, $22 million deal. So that's uh, $5.5 million per. Uh, and, you know, it's not a lot of money, but he's not a player with great pedigree. He didn't go to a big school, a college, or anything like that. So... He's only living off the last couple of years, so I don't yeah. know if someone's going to throw that much money at him. So maybe that'll be enough to tempt him. I don't know, but he's my guy who I'd go after quite big. Maybe I'd like to offer him a bit more, but yeah, I'm going to sell for five and a half per. What do you reckon? Yeah, I like it. He's been making a name for himself this year, especially him and um, is it Jadon? Yeah, yeah, Matt Judon. Yeah. yeah, they reckon that the likelihood is that they're going to try and keep uh, Owansu through the door. And then try and trade Jade on is, is the word on the street anyway, what they're mm. trying to do, the, the Ravens. But yeah, I like it. I think he's a, like you said, this new breed of linebacker. I think that he makes plays and he, hopefully we can get, um, we can get some good years out of him. He's 28. Um, mm. So, but even like you said, even if you get him in for three years, it takes him to 31. I think that you're going to get some of the best years out of him. So yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's a prime. It's a prime sort of age yeah. for him, and and like you say, he's young, athletic, youngish, athletic, and it's coming yeah. to his best years. So it's what it's one that we need to boost. It's probably you know the deal that we would maybe done or like to have done when we brought in Thomas Davis last year, but obviously he wasn't available. Yeah. Moving on, so I'm going to bring in a run stuffing specialist on the defensive line. Um, he's my kind of me bane replacement. He's you know much younger, and you know he's got pedigree as well. He's had a lot of success in his career so far. Um, maybe not to start out with because he got drafted by the Cleveland Browns but it's Danny Shelton he's yep. played for the Patriots most recently Yep. like I say he's not going to play every snap but he's going to make the Chargers more difficult to run on uh, especially you know if you think about goal line situations and things like that um, you know we've seen a lot of success with playoff teams at the moment with running the ball so if, you, if you're going to say it's a copycat league then there's going to be a lot more runs next year you would think so if you're going to stop the ones up the middle at least and then you're going to have these mobile linebackers behind them that's kind of my, my yep. thinking behind this one um, so I'm going to offer Danny Shelton a three-year, $50 million deal. So it's quite a, quite a hefty deal, but I feel like, you know, you have that specialist there to kind of replace me, Bain, and bring on the likes of Jerry Tillery and Justin Jones. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I, I like Danny Shelton when he first got drafted. Obviously, he's never really lived up to what he was at Cleveland and obviously when he went to the Patriots. But Belichick knows like he gets... He gets uh, the job's done by some of these players. So, mm. like I said, there's a, there's a, there's another um, free agent that are, that's on that sort of wavelength. Is that is Jaron Reed from the Seahawks? He's kind of very similar, I think. Yeah, they, I, I considered him to be honest with you. Yeah, he's he's a bit of a, so you could you could like sit what like we said with Telesco is you could always first first um, sort of some of the better defensive tackles go off the board. Say like yeah, uh, Chris Jones is if the, if, if he ever makes it out. Mm. Um, Maybe someone like Malik Collins, they get signed up. Jordan Phillips gets signed up. And then you can see, like you said, Danny Shelton and Jerome Reed, probably the next, Aishon Robinson maybe as well. They're the, sort of the next wave of the the defensive tackles to probably come off the boards. Yeah, for sure. I think Jerome Reed will, will, will he'll be looking at this season from the, not this season, but the season before we got 10 sacks. Yeah. And he'll be pointing at that. And he'll, I think that'll make him quite a lot of money. I think he'll go quite early on. I think someone will see the value in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's plenty of um, kind of Pete Carroll tree coaches out there now 
Yep. And I think, you know, someone like Atlanta might have a look at him. Yep. Um, you know, Dan Quinn, obviously, um, you know, someone like that, I think they'll, they'll, they'll pay big money for him and, and give him a, a, a bit of security, I would say. Yep. Uh, so no, I, uh, I'm looking at like say pass, pass, pass stuffing, uh, sorry, run stuffing specialist, and, and kind of shoring up the middle. Yes. Again, kind of what yeah, we tried cool. to do this year, but um, yeah, definitely yeah. Kind of work. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So this is kind of my wild card, and obviously we talked about cornerback quite a lot and the depth that we can get. Now I know in the season we talked about Byron Jones, um, but I still, like I said, I tried to stay away from that. But Byron Jones would probably <clears> be my kind of number one target. But mm-hmm. we talked about that. Um, I don't think, obviously, as well, you know, if we're talking about Tom Telesco, I don't think we're going to be looking at kind of the prime free agents either. So I kind of, kind of yep. try to stay away from those as well. Uh-huh. So I'm going to go for Eli Apple. Now, obviously, he's got a bad attitude in some, in some senses, and you know, that's why he doesn't play in New York anymore. But you know, we're talking about a guy who was drafted in the first round. We're talking about a guy who made improvements in New Orleans as well. And again, it's someone who's only 25 years old. So if, you can, if you can wrap him up for a couple of you know, a couple of years in the future and, you know, maybe extend him again. It's someone who, yep. you know, could boss him into this, like say, this competent corner opposite Casey Hayward. He could be a Casey Hayward kind of player. And this is what I was kind of thinking. Not, not, not that Hayward had like attitude problems or anything like that in Green Bay, but he was also a high draft pick and obviously got uh, sort of shunted out of town earlier than they would have thought. So maybe we can regret, make um, New Orleans or New York regret this uh, sort of fact that they've let him go. And I think he's a big con that'll appeal to Gus Bradley as well. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of pull out a Tom Slesko special here a little bit, so I'm gonna give him a four year deal that uh, pays him twenty four million dollars over the, the duration of the deal. Um, but I'm gonna kind of front load that, and I'd be sort of putting a rip call in there like Tom Slesko likes to do. That yeah. if he's not working out after two years, you can make it an easy cut. Yep. How do you feel about this? Because obviously it's a player that sort of uh, splits opinion a little bit. Yeah. No. I mean, Ohio State have been renowned for. Uh, plowing out corners for the last sort of <laughs> forever <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and obviously Eli Apple hasn't really lived up to the bill no uh, it'll be obviously his third team in four or five years so there's there, he's played I've looked just looked up a few stuff he's played about 80 80 to 90 percent of the snaps this year for the Saints so being at that opposite side to Lattimore and maybe like you said he's he's just maybe got more of a grounded head on his shoulders maybe the last the last year since he's been at the Saints so yeah that I think that if you can take you're going to take a chance on players like this there's a, quite a few of them in this pool of free agency where there's a lot of high talent that haven't quite lived up to the bill so yeah. if you can if you can get one or two of these to actually live up to what they potentially could have been then you've actually you've actually got a steal mm. so he is potentially one of them ones like you said like Casey Hayward where no one really what they've signed. There's loads of other free agents go. We've gone under the radar, got someone in. We've taken a chance on him, maybe more than someone else has, and it's and it's worked out to our benefit. So mm. there is a few of them this year, like you said, Eli Apple. Um, there's Denard from the Bengals, Trey, uh, the uh, Wayne's from the Vikings, mm. um, Artie Burns from the Steelers. They're all high draft picks that's mm. ne- that haven't really sort of lived up to the bill. So if you can get one of them guys through the door, they're obviously mega talented. It's just, yeah, yeah. if you can get them, get their head right, basically. So yeah, I like it. Yeah, for sure. No, I think you've hit it on the head there. Like you say, the, the kind of guys that you mentioned are the kind of other guys that I was kind of thinking about. And I settled on Apple because of his age. He's kind of like the youngest, really talented corner in this draft, yeah. uh, not in just draft, sorry, in this free agency pool. You've yeah. got Daryl Worley, who I think we mentioned previously in the sort of mid season. He's 25 yeah. as well, but I just think Eli Apple's maybe a little bit 
better because obviously he's yeah, I think it's great. Like you say, that that is come from that uh, Ohio State stable of cornerbacks yeah. and defensive backs that just like you say just churns them out. So um, there's a lot of old cornerbacks as well. So it's not the greatest free agency class to kind of uh, sort of find your cornerback too because everyone's kind of thirty. 30 plus and, and maybe, you know, touch under that. So yeah, like that age was a big factor for me in this one. So yeah, I went for that. And um, with those signings, that brings me back down to 24 million. Uh-huh. So basically my free agency pool that I've brought in was essentially paid for by cutting those three vets. Yep. Um, you know, I've got younger, I've got faster, I've got better, I would say in my opinion. And yep. then I've now got 24.6 million. And, yep. you know, Obviously, I've got to save some for draft uh, picks as well, but you can give the vast majority of that to Joey Bosa now. Yep. Um, so that's my kind of Bosa money that I've kind of set aside there. And that's kind of my the way I've worked my free agency. Um, yeah. Because let's talk about Bosa actually while we're talking about defensive side of the ball, free agency. Do you think he's going to be the uh, highest paid defensive end um, in football when it's all said and done in a, hopefully in a few months? Yeah, I think so. I think that what's happening at the moment, I think that we haven't really heard much Murmuring's coming out of LA. Like there was, there was talk that there was going to be coaching cuts. That's not happened. There's talk about these players are going to be out the door straight away. There's murmuring that Rivers is gone, like he's moved to Florida and stuff. But they haven't come out and announced anything. So what I think is going to happen is it's going to sit under the radar a bit, and then I think they're going to announce something big. And I actually think that the Bosa deal is going to be the thing that they're going to announce. I think that they're going to try and get this done. They're moving into a new stadium. They want. They want a f- the f- they're going to look to the draft for a fresh face to for the new stadium and, and the LA crowd. And we've talked about it on the offensive side of the ball that it's probably going to be a quarterback from the from the from the draft. But mm-hmm. they still need to lock down our star player because at the end of the day, Bosa is our best player. So if they need to lock that down, I think that if they can get that signed up before even the start of rookie camp, that would be a, a great win for us, really. Mm, yeah, exactly. You know, it's the free agency money that I've created, plus the Philip Rivers money, I guess, that we created last week with you know, on your side. And you can give me quarterback money now, really. <laughs> and yep. you know, we're probably looking at something in the region of 110 to 120 million. Yep. Over the you know five or six year period. Yep. Um, and you know, I'm happy to pay him that because, like you say, he's our best player, yep. <laughs> and it's like the face of the franchise kind of thing now that we've. We've not got the veteran quarterback, and you know, like you said, you hit the nail on the head again. That LA needs to win it over, and the new stadium needs people to come and sit in it and watch the football games. Exactly. Um, you know, we've not obviously been doing that the last couple of years when we've been at the StubHub House slash you know, Dignity Health Sports Park. So yeah, no, I'd, I'd I'd be more than happy to kind of nail that down nice and early, like you said, and, and yeah, just pay, paying 110, 120 million dollars and making one of the better paid players in the NFL and the best paid defensive end. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, that's my kind of free agency kind of wrapped up. Um, I think, like I say, I think I've, I've kind of hit the depth. I think we've we've hit sort of every level of the D um, one way or another and kind of made things fresher and better, in my opinion, and kept around the player that we are the play, well, the player, exactly, um, Adrian Phillips that we kind of needed to, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. So um, yeah, we're going to move on to the draft. Um, obviously, just like last week, going to go through just the first three rounds. We're not going to um, sort of go through each round. And I'm just going to, again, just try and strengthen the team. I've got one trade-down scenario as well for you to, to have a chew on. Cool. Um, and obviously, I'll, I'll put these to you as well. And that's kind of where it worked last week. So I'll give you the options and you can kind of draft the players. So round one, pick number six in the 2020 NFL draft. 
First one I've got down, Isaiah Simmons, the defensive player. I mean, we say linebacker and safety, but he's kind of just a defensive player. Um, to me, um, drafting Isaiah Simmons would be like having another Derwin James. Yep. He's just a mismatch neutralizer. You know, it's kind of what you want from your defensive players in the NFL, you know, in 2020. He can play pretty much anywhere apart from defensive tackle. That's why I kind of hesitated in sort of putting a label on him, just sort of dead defensive player. He's six foot four. He'll run four four in the 40 yard dash. He can run, he can cover, he can blitz, he can play deep. It's nothing he really can't do. Yep. Just imagine sort of the flexibility that you'd have of him and Derwin. <laughs> just yeah, be amazing. Yeah, it'd be amazing. You know, um, have you seen much of him since uh, obviously watching the last last stages of college and you know when you yeah sort of yeah I've watched a bit of this player I think, like you said there's not really much you can't do I think he's the modern day guy really that you have to be in that sort of that cover sort of scenario where is he's one of the highest cover um, got cover grades on PFF and mm-hmm. like you said he's just an all round baller he's like you said nothing very similar to what Derwin James was people were trying to is he a, is he this safety is he that safety is but he, in Derwin, just he can do it all, and that's mm. the same of Simmons. So, yeah, I love the pick. Yeah, so that's my that's my first option. Um, next one up is Derek Brown, the defensive tackle from Auburn. Yeah, now, this is a bit of a weird pick because obviously we picked Jerry Tillery last year, but um, you know Derek Brown is start against the run. He can move the pocket. He's a great athlete. He can play along the defensive line, so you could move him around as well. He can play over the nose, at, you know, the nose tackle. He can play out a bit wider, maybe at five tech. Um, I'd say it'd be a bit of a weird one because we picked Tillery, but you know if Tillery flourishes and then we've got Bosa, Ingram on each side, Tillery and um, Derek Brown through the middle, that's just like it's like watch out, isn't it? You know, it's some real yeah, talent exactly. on the defensive line, yeah. and you're just play, you're making a strength better. You know, you're making that pass rush better. Yep. Justin Jones becomes your third D tackle, and suddenly you've got him uh, with depth and him and square. So, yep. and then Broughton as well, who we drafted last year. So I think you know it becomes quite a strong part of this defense. You know, yep. so I, I'd be happy to. To grab Derek Brown, have you seen much of him? I haven't seen as much of him as Simmons, but yeah, I've heard. I've obviously I've heard of the name, watched a bit of his highlight tape and stuff, and it's clearly him and Kinlow are, are clearly the two best defensive tackles in this in this draft. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, Derek Brown, you know, and Simmons as well could be off the board before six as well. That's the sort of caliber of player that we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, so this is my trade down scenario for my third and final pick. I just thought, wondered if you'd want to sort of kind of acquire more picks. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it's difficult for me in this scenario because I think we, we summed it up really well last week because this is quite unlikely to be a defensive pick at number six. Yeah. Because it's going to be a quarterback or if not, it's going to be an offensive tackle. So I kind of thought, you know, if we're not going to go down that line, we'll, we'll throw in something a little bit different here. Um, mm-hmm. And it was trade down slightly early teams to get Christian Fulton, the corner out of LSU. To yep. me, after Jeffrey Okudo, he's the second best corner in the class. You know, he's got excellent coverage skills. And, you know, last year when we were in the draft last year, we were talking about Greedy Williams who went to the Browns and Christian Fulton's being kind of labelled as the best corner at LSU, even with Greedy Williams there. It's kind of happening to him now with Derek Stingley, who's the corner at LSU, who's a freshman. Um, but Christian Fulton, to me, is a great coverage corner. He's got the build. He's, you know, tall, rangy guy, uh, comes up with the ball. So... Yeah, he'd be the one for me. And you know, if you're talking about moving down from maybe six to eleven or twelve, you could probably acquire a couple of you know, day two picks, or get a couple of seconds or a second and a third, and maybe one for next year or something like that. So you know, you could you could build up, and you're not getting that A plus player at number six, but you're still going to make your team more much better. You know, yeah. you know, acquire lots more picks. What do you reckon to that? I love the scenario. Yeah, I mean, um, I've never been um, I've never been one to to try and trade down. And- get more picks as like you said it's the Belichick way in it you try and get if you can hit on you move down and, and hit on 
50% of the picks you've just acquired through trading down, mm. then you want to a winner. And that's kind of how a lot of some of the best teams build their rosters, really. They move down to get value and, and get... Because strike rate's quite difficult in the draft. Not Like you said, you... Oh, for sure. Like, people don't... You don't just... Because you're picking at 17 or top 10 or wherever, you think you're going to get a winner. So, sometimes having having loads of darts and throwing them against the boards you're going to hit the bullseye a couple a few more times if you've got more picks so mm-hmm. um yeah I, I love the scenario for me it would be simmons probably at that pick i think that just i think that he is the modern day defender i think that he is personally i don't even know if he'll he'll get past the giants um but we'll if 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 he's there at six, it would be a, obviously you're looking at quarterback or defensive ta- um, offensive tackle for us. But I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be deflated if we left 2020 draft with Simmons. No, I don't think he could be. He'd be my pick as well out of these three. To be honest with you, um, yeah, I, it'd be weird. Cause obviously, we do need a quarterback, and one of my favourite players in the draft is Jedrick Wills, but. If we came up with Isaiah Simmons, I don't think you could be mad, you know. But I think you do have to get a quarterback in round two if that's the case, because you know you just need to have someone in waiting. You know, we were talking about starting Tyrod Taylor last last week, and that yeah. can still happen even if we did draft a quarterback. But you still have to have that guy in waiting. It can't be Tyrod Taylor and Easton Stick kind of be mm-hmm. in the quarterback room for the you know for the yeah. at least the next year. Um, and like you say, we've kind of been talking about PR for, for weeks and weeks now. But you've got to have that fresh face and that kind of new era coming in, I think. But yeah, if we ended up with Isaiah Simmons, I don't think you could be very mad, to be honest with you. No, exactly. So yeah, no, that'd be my pick. So we're going to lock that one in then? Yep. Cool, okay. Uh, round two, um, fortunately, that that kind of doesn't rule out any of these any of these guys either, which is good. Um, so the first one is Bryce Hall, the corner from Virginia. Yep. Uh, he's a sticky corner coming off an ankle injury. He's missed the whole year pretty much, um, which is unfortunate and obviously a bit of a red flag, but it's probably why he's dropping into round two as well because um, for me, he was my favourite corner in college football last year, the season before this one just gone. And I was yep. really looking forward to seeing what he would do with Virginia. Uh, but obviously that was kind of taken away from us. Um, he's great in man coverage, he's great in zone coverage. He's got really good ball skills. Uh, he's undersized, but he's really feisty, so I think he'd fit that mould. You know, he's been a number yep. two corner that could probably overtake you know, Case Hayward as he comes to the end of his career and be a cornerback number one for someone. Uh, so he'd be a definite option for me at the top of the second. Yeah, I like it. Uh, next next up, uh, Ross Blacklock from TCU. So this is a defensive tackle. Uh, obviously, this would have been um, kind of ruled out if we took Derek Brown. Um, but he's kind of like a mini version. Uh, he's only just starting to get some buzz. Maybe it's because you don't play much uh, defense in the Big 12, but he's got power and his motor's always hot. Doesn't get a ton of sacks, but he can definitely push the pocket and move the run, uh, move against the run. Um, so yeah, no, it's a player that's kind of trending upwards. Maybe you'll hear much more about him in draft season as you know the draft draws closer, especially after the combine and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he'd be he'd be kind of a, a plug and play kind of player. He'd be kind of a mean bane replacement if we're getting rid of him. And um, you know you've got Tillery and then Blacklock and then Jones. It's kind of the same scenarios as drawing up with Brown, but not yeah. quite as quite as good. And then my final um, final one, and even though we've got Simmons, we might play a bit of linebacker. This I don't think it's ruled out by this uh, selection if we go this way. But it's Patrick Queen, the linebacker from LSU. He's just a modern day linebacker again. You know, like I said before, when I was going from my draft, uh, sorry, my free agency, um, I just want to get faster. 
you know, it's how we how we play in this NFL. You know, two down um, thumpers aren't really a thing anymore, and you're not going to thrive in that if you have players like that who aren't going to be able to contribute as much as possible on every snap. Uh, Patrick Green can do that. You know, he's going to be a bargain if someone can get him, and you know, if he can improve his tackling, he's going to be that Monday linebacker that you're going to be able to get in the second round. So, there are three options for you in the second round. What's what are you kind of moving towards? I haven't seen much of Blacklock, I have to say. So, obviously, I can't have a point of view from what I've seen of him. Um, sure. But um, I think that we need to, we do need to address the corner position, especially if you've got uh, taken out Michael Davis and not re-signed <clears> him. See, there's a big hole there. So, I think that probably, like you said, it's, it was unfortunate. I think Bryce Hall was probably first-round talent if he was fit. So, yeah, so, like you said, I think that if you can get him early part of day two, hopefully he's not... It's sort of similar happened with Sidney Jones, uh, yes. I think, a few yes. years ago, where everyone's like, this guy's really good, he's going to be a first-round talent. And sort of injuries have dogged him for the sort of first sort of couple of years is being at Philly. So, hopefully... Like you said, if we can get the player that we saw the, the previous season, I think you're on to a winner there, really. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think that's a really good shout. Sidney Jones is a really good kind of comp in terms of like the situation. Um, you know, if we're talking about if we're taking that, if we're locking him in, I'm obviously more than happy to do that because he's one of my he was one of my favourite players coming out before the season. But if we're locking in Bryce Hall as our second round pick, we've got Eli Apple, then we've got Case Hayward, we've got Desmond King. The cornerback room starts to become like a position of strength again which is it it was kind of something we kind of thought before this season when we had Trevor Williams and Michael Davis and they were kind of on the upward trend but they obviously didn't turn out to be you know what what we hoped unfortunately Uh, but yeah no I think that's it's one of those things isn't it where you you have to have four good corners now you know your slot corner isn't just your third best corner it's like a specialised position which obviously you know Des didn't have the greatest of years this year but He's a very good player when he's when his head's on it and when he's playing very well. Yeah. And then if you've got someone like Bryce Hall and then Eli Apple slogging it out to be kind of like your cornerback too, and then the other guy's kind of like your other corner, then it's just it becomes again just a position of strength rather than a position of weakness. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a way of trying to attack all this. So yeah, more than happy to kind of lock in Bryce Hall. Yeah, definitely. Um, as the, the second round pick. Yeah, I like it. So Edge and things like that are kind of coming into my mind now. It's not something that we want to attack early because obviously we've got um, Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. Obviously, we've been signed out of Rochelle, but I think we might need someone else. So my first option in round three was Bradley and I, the pass rusher out of Utah. Yep. Now, it's a pass rusher that I was watching closely because Pac-12 is my favourite conference in the in the college football and Utah have been one of my favourite teams to watch this year. And Bradley and I has been really interested. He's got a lot of production from his whole college career, really. So when he was in the senior bowl this week, I was kind of watching him closely and obviously the weigh-ins and things like that, the measurements the first day. And he came back with really short arms and I just like, my head sank, like, sank a little bit and went into my hands. I thought, oh no, you know, he's going to really slip down the, the sort of, in his value and down the people's draft boards now. And, you know, if he comes and plays really badly against these kind of maybe longer round SEC corners and, you know, specimens that they collect at the senior bowl, then, you know, he's going to really drop down. But he had a great week. Um, and I think it's down to his technique. He's a really technical pass rusher. Yeah. Um, but he's got great hands. So I think he could kind of become our mini Bosa. And I think Edge is kind of, like I say, it's one of these needs that's kind of sneaking up where we've got Rochelle. I'd like another one in. But then we've also got Melvin Ingram's you know, getting up there in age and his contracts becoming quite expensive. So I think it's time to act now and get in someone like Bradley and I. So he's my first option. Is it someone you've seen any of at all? 
yeah, like you said, the senior bowl, he sort of mm. stood out um, just his play during the game. He's, he sort of made himself a bit of money, I think, that, that day. Yeah, for sure. So in round three, this is my kind of theme. It's like the senior bowl because we know that Tom Tesco loves to kind of pick people who are in the senior bowl. Yeah. Um, so my uh, next option for round three is a guy who really did make some money. Um, it's Jeremy Chin from Southern Illinois. You know, he's a small, small school guy, but he's not a small athlete. He's got those NFL measurables. Um, he's six foot three, two twenty. He can move, he can cover. He's played safety for sort of Illinois, but in senior ball, they were playing him at corner. They were playing him at linebacker. He's kind of, I don't know, like you kind of value uh, Isaiah Simmons in a way. Um, obviously, not nearly the athlete that Isaiah Simmons is, but he's kind of that movable piece. And if you've already got Derwin James, and you, in some senses, you might argue that you don't need an Isaiah Simmons. You can kind of settle for a Jeremy Chin. So I think, you know, when I was watching him on the senior ball, he was kind of matching up with the better tight ends that they collected around there. You know, we're talking about Bryson yeah. Hopkins, who we yeah. were talking about last week. And, you know, he was he was nullifying people like that. Jared Pinkney from Vanderbilt, someone who was talked up a lot before the season. And Jeremy Chin was out there, like, having the better of these guys. And, you know, he's come from this D, D2 school. Um, so he's definitely yeah. a player that, like you say, made a lot of money. Um, so, yeah, no, he's my second option. He's a big safety Yes, yeah, yeah, he is. And, you know, you can sign and see uh, Gus Bradley, see a bit of Cam Chancellor in him. And obviously yeah. that'll whet his appetite no end, I think. Yeah, I like it. Um, my, my last guy that I came up with, um, again, another senior bowl winner, um, is Troy Pride, the corner out of uh, Notre Dame. So, obviously, he's a kind of zone corner exclusively, but that kind of suits Gus Bradley's system. Obviously, we play a lot of cover three. There's a lot of... Uh, you know, just zone corners. We've got the one of the better just zone corners um, in the Super in the Super Bowl this weekend. Richard Sherman, again another Gus Bradley player. Pride's obviously a lot smaller. He's about five eleven, uh, much more slight than Richard Sherman. Uh, so I'm not trying to draw that comparison, but it's kind of okay to just play zone, especially in Gus Bradley's system because you can count the amount of times that we play man coverage on one hand yeah. throughout the season. It feels yeah. a lot of the time. Um, so like, that's another guy, like, I'll use the phrase that you did, the, Troy Pride made himself a lot of money this week at the Senior Bowl. Yeah. He was really dominant the whole week, I would say. He was one of the better players out there, especially amongst the defensive backs. And I think if we made this pick in the third round, I think it'd be one of Tom Tesco's better third round picks because we always have that problem. Recently. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about that one? How do you feel about that round? Even? Yeah, I'm, all of them players really, like you said, from what we watched at the Senior Bowl this week, they're, they're all very, very, very good players. Um, that's a really, really tough one. If all of them are there, that's that would be amazing. If all of mm. them are there for our pick and third, um, would oh, that's like, before you make your decision, would it put you off Pride, even though we'd got Apple and um, Bryce Hall? Not really, no, because like I'm, you said, I'm, it's the cornerback thing. Isn't I'm, it? It's I'm, yeah, the thing is, I'm I'm big. If there wasn't, if the edge guy wasn't there as well. It's like corners and edge uh, edge guys really for me are, are are players that you just, if they're the best player on the board by a mile, you just got to take them because you can never have enough of the guys. So, um, ooh, that is a tough one. What's your positional leaning? Troy Pride was one of my is one of my favorite corners, like as an underrated corner, but obviously mm-hmm. if you can get Bradley and I through in the third round, I think that because I'd look at it as we've got Ingram obviously for this year, but then getting into next year, it's going to be 
do you need to get someone through the door before it becomes a position of need? Sometimes, sometimes teams do that very well, where when you actually look at the draft and you see a lot of players go off the board, you're saying, why are they taking these players? But they're taking them because they're thinking a year in front. So mainly... You yeah, see, for sure. We spoke with like Andre Dillard, didn't we, last year? When yeah, exactly. didn't really need a tackle, but that's kind exactly. of thing that led to Jason Peters not being there. So, and, now, now, and now they're not having to rush around like the Texans were, trying to give up 400 picks for... <laughs> they addressed it two seasons ago when they knew they were going to have this problem. Yeah, so for like sure. you said, you've got that problem with... not saying that we couldn't re-sign Melvin Ingram, but if if he goes after this season, then you've got a massive hole at edge. It's, so maybe we should, maybe Bradley and I would be probably my pick only because like I said, we, even though I do like pride that I think that Bradley and I would be more of a thought forward thinking pick for the hmm. future. It's also one of these things where if we re-sign Melvin Ingram again, then we're investing a lot of money in our defensive ends. Yeah. Because obviously by that time we're talking about Joey Bosa being, like you said, the most, Highly yeah. paid defense funding football, mm-hmm. so you know you're probably trying to recycle a little bit there, and maybe yeah. you know, like I say, get someone in who is coming in before it becomes a problem. So no, yeah. I, I'd be happy to to bring in an eye. Is there anyone sort of in the third round range who you kind of thought of that I haven't mentioned or anything like that? Well, maybe like if you there's another another edge guy that I also quite like is Julian Aquara from Notre mm. Dame. So yeah, I really like him. There's the, them two guys you could. If I don't know if he'll be there in the third, he's more probably a second round sort of pick. But it's say if you went, because I, I think that he, 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 like Bryce Hall, is a first round talent. And I think that if you want, if he was there around that sort of sec, the second round pick for us, that that would be something that if we left with him, I'd be very happy with. And like you said, it's a more forward thinking pick. Mm. If he's there in, if he's there in the third round, I'd, I'd be amazed. But you could do it, say, if you took. Aquara and then Pride, or if you came away with Hall and, and Bradley and I, I don't think that I would wear, I would be sad about either a scenario. Yeah, sure. No, I like that actually. What you've just mentioned, if you came away with Julian Aquara, then Troy Pride in the third, that'd be really nice. I think um, if we're comparing it to Melvin Ingram, Aquara is more of a speed rusher. He'd be more that natural fit yeah. Um, yeah. for Melvin Ingram as a kind yeah. of replacement. Whereas Anai is more of like a Bosa, he's more of like a technical rusher, even though he's yeah. not as big as Bosa, but. That'd be more of a likely kind of fit. But, you know, I really like Julian Aquara. He's my, like, fifth um, highest-rated edge player. So yeah. I rate him really highly. So I think if he's... I don't know if I'd take him in the second because there is a bit of a drop-off, even though I rate him quite highly. But I don't think he'd be around there in the third either. But we might have that extra third pick from the Melvin Gordon. Yeah, so you could move so you up. you could maybe move back up into the late second and, and take him. So, no, I do like him. Let's go like Snow Dame as well, doesn't he? <laughs> That's very true. Yeah, that's very true. We're making a little collection out over the last few years. Yeah. Another player that I kind of like is um, Alex Highsmith from Charlotte. Obviously another small school guy, but he's uh, played well in the East-West Shrine game. He was the best player on the field in that. And um, he's got a lot of production as well, obviously, but at a smaller uh, level. But he obviously, because of his small school, that means he'll probably slip to the third. So he'd be another interesting uh, name, really, uh, to watch out for, I would guess. How about other? How about other players in the, in the first and second round? I, I kind of just limited that previous question to the third. What over the over the first and second as well? Yeah, yeah just the same question, but over like the, um, the, the I first think couple the, of rounds. Like you said, I think that with the with the first round, I think that the likelihood is we go court, uh, quarterback or tackle. But if you look at just defensive side, I think like Derek Brown or Isaiah Simmons is, is the pick. Mm. I don't really really think past that. 
that. I mean, if Jeffrey Akuda's there, then that's something to think about. But the likelihood he's probably gone by then. So, um, well, it's interesting. And you then say the second round, if you know, if we have like a big trade up for a quarterback, say like Carolina go go to third for Tua, yeah. and you know, running puts the line that are behind us, then Miami is going to pick Herbert, you would say, which leaves us kind of with no quarterback. There is talk as well. The Giants, they're all in on offensive tackle. They like what I've heard off certain podcasts and just reading about things. Mm. That Gettleman is, he, he is, he's got his heart set set on on an offensive tackle, and he's doing his due diligence on all of these tackles in this draft. So then you could so, have you know one like of the said, one of the top offensive tackles is gone. The quarterbacks are gone because we're not like taking Jordan Love at six in that scenario. And Chase Young's gone. And, and Chase Young's gone. So then you're looking at maybe Akuda, you're looking at Simmons, and you're looking at Derek Brown. So yeah, or one of the other tackles. You know. Yeah. So yeah, no, I mean, if you, if you got Akuda there, I mean that would be dream scenario on the defensive side if that is if that played out that mm-hmm. way. Um, so yeah, I mean if <laughs> that if if we could get him, I mean you you sort of locked up one of the keystone positions on cheap money, really, considering yeah, yeah, what sure. somebody's on at the moment. Like, you're, they're, they're on pretty big money. And I think that if you get someone in, I mean, he he reminds me a lot of Stefan Gilmore. Mm. So I think that, that just the physicality of him, he's very... Bryce Hall's is, is sort of a poor man's version because they're both pretty pretty similar in statue of mm. their physique and everything. Like you said, he's on another level. I think that if if you could get him at six, and if he was there at six, then like you said, the quarterbacks are gone. Then you're looking at an offensive tackle or him mm-hmm. or Simmons maybe as well. That's a really strong scenario where that would be hard. It, like it'll be very hard for me to sort of pound the table for one mm-hmm. guy because there's a, there's some great scenarios there. So I mean. I, I think there's a fair chance that Carolina will move up. I just think they're going to be really aggressive. They've got Matt Rule on a big deal. They've got the new owner, Dave. I just think they're going to tear it up. Obviously, they've kind of distanced themselves from Cam Newton a little bit. So in that scenario, if they do move up and the quarterbacks are gone, and you've got Isaiah Simmons or Jeffrey Okuda, what would be your pick? Because um, <laughs> that's a difficult one, isn't it? Yeah, for me, it would be Okuda. I just think he's... I think that it's more of a premier position. I think that if you can lock down high-end talent at premier positions through the rookie draft, I think that you're on a winner there because I think that quarterbacks, offensive tackles, edge rushers and corners, you just spend a fortune on in free agency. And I think every other position, it's not that they don't matter as much. It's just that they're not the keystone pieces to build a franchise round. Yeah, for sure. So I completely think, agree. I think that if you can get any of them, the, the premier talent in a draft, if you can get them guys, I think that they're more important to stabilize a franchise for the long term in them positions than anything else. So if you're telling, I know Simmons can do it all when he is a new breed but I think that like you said if you you can go look to the free agency and get maybe someone like Corey Littleton or like you said um, other players that you can fill in that line and even Drew Tranquil really you can if you've got enough edge rushers to rush at these quarterbacks 
stacked and you've got Akuda and Hayward locking down wide receivers, it's going to be hard pressed for anybody to get anything against us in the passing game. So for me, it would be Akuda, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't come away thinking, I can't believe we didn't take Akuda if, say, if it was Akuda or Simmons in that scenario where the three quarterbacks had gone, an offensive tackle had gone, and Chase Young's gone. Mm. Yeah, no, I think you've hit that on the head. Um, I think with the new CBA obviously on the horizon, you know, if you can lock down Jeff Akuda for five years, yeah, like you say, I think you know what you said about the premier positions is perfectly right, and you know these positions are going to cost you a lot. And if the new CBA changes and rookie wage scale is you know a bit more expensive then you're saving yourself a lot of money if you've got Jeff Kuda locked down, you know, and you've got control of him for five or six years. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I, it's really difficult. It's, it's a lovely problem. It would be a lovely problem to have, but a terrible problem to have because obviously we need to put that. But Yeah. You, like I say, you can't be mad either way. Um, but, yeah, I think I would just about go for Kuda, maybe 51% over 49 because of the positional value. But, yeah. like I say, it wouldn't be disappointing either way. Yeah. But I guess we're kind of hoping it doesn't come to that because I guess we both want a quarterback now, right? Yeah, I mean, I personally really like all three quarterbacks that will be available to us. I know that there's a few people that aren't really set on Herbert as a, as a franchise guy. I mean, personally, I think you can iron out them problems. I think that he's got the talent to be able to do what we need him to do. Um, and He looked good last weekend. Exactly. And I think it just makes it... The thing is with quarterbacks, and know that everyone wants the new Pat Mahomes and everyone wants the new Lamar Jackson, but... just isn't there all for you, is it? <laughs> But the 49ers have got to the Super Bowl, not on Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm. They've got there on solid D and exploiting teams, their weaknesses, and with misdirection and, and, and everything like that. So Garoppolo threw eight passes in, in, this, in the conference yeah, game. So sure. you don't, don't, just because you've got, you've got the Pat Mahomes at the weekend doesn't mean that the Chiefs are going to be slam dunk favourites to win it. Do you know what I mean? So mm, no, people agree, yeah. always look at quarterbacks. People always look at quarterbacks saying that the quarterback wins you the game. If I'm honest, a lot of the coaching, if you can get good coaches through the door, it can be a look at Jared Goff. Like if you'd have seen him under Fisher, it was like, this guy's not going to do it. And then McVeigh comes in and he's the quarterback guru. And all of a sudden they're, they're in a Super Bowl. So people look at quarterbacks thinking they have to do everything. Well, actually, if you've got good coaches and and sort of a good scheme involved and good culture, then it's great if they can do everything. But the likelihood is most people can't. Like Brady's mm-hmm. not exactly mobile anymore, but they've got they've managed to get to Super Bowls on different on different game plans. So there's stuff that Herbert can't do. I know things that, like you said, that break down, and he's more mobile than we've had with Rivers. But at the end of the day, I think all these three guys, Tua, I think Burrow and Herbert, will all be very good quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, no, I believe that. I definitely am. I'm pretty sold on Justin Herbert myself. I'd be quite happy to do it. Um, I've kind of gone away from when the season finished. I was like, let's get Jedrick Wilson, let's get Jalen Hurts in the second round. But I don't know if you can afford to wait, you know, because if he's not there, then you're kind of leaving everything's a chance a little bit, aren't you? So I'd rather just go and get the deal done at number six if. Yeah, and if you need to move up a little bit, then do it. And just, you know, because if you don't have a quarterback, then you don't compete. And that's as simple as that, really. Because yeah. uh, as much as you're right in what you're saying is that you don't need him to be fantastic. You don't need him to be like a top five QB to be successful. If you do have a Patrick Mahomes, it makes up for a lot as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not, if, not everyone has a Kyle Shanahan or a Bill Belichick or an Andy Reid or no. 
something like that, you know, a coach like that, that, that makes it a bit of a leveler on the field. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, having, having a, and like you say, like I said before, you know, there isn't a Patrick Mahomes, there isn't a Lamar Jackson, there isn't a Sean Watson in every draft, you know, and there might not be one in this draft because, you know, every, every quarterback in this draft of the big three is, they've all got questions over them. And I'm saying that even about Joe Burrow, even though I completely agree that he's had, you know, essentially the best quarterback season in college football history just now, but it's only that one season. It's a quite a small sample size at the very, very top echelon of like, his play. So, yeah, I mean, get someone in here that can, who can do your job and change the culture and be the face of the franchise moving forward and, you know, build around him. You know, because we've got a good defence and we've got good weapons on offence as well. So he doesn't need to be everything because we've got a very talented team. That's why yeah. I look at it anyway. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Okay. Um, so we'll be back next week. Um, we might do a little bit of a mixture, maybe mix this up a little bit and kind of come up with like a perfect scenario, mixing both sides uh, or something like that. But um, I think we'll leave it there, eh? Anything else that you want to say about any of the players or anything like that? No, I think that, like you said, we've pretty much explored every scenario at the moment on on uh, for offense and D perfect scenario. So it'd be interesting, like you said, to if we, we hear a bit more about the Rivers rumors coming out, if that's going to be set in stone by the next time we do our pod. Um, so yeah, be and obviously we'll we'll know who will be uh, Super Bowl champions by the next time we do it as well. So yeah, for sure. What are you doing for the for the Super Bowl? Um, I'll just be watching at home. I don't generally go out or anything like that. Um, yeah. So I'll just be watching at home. I'll have a bit of a nap on Sunday late evening. Yeah. Like late after, sorry, late afternoon, early evening. I'll have a bit of a nap, getting a few hours to kind of make up for the game. Um, and then I, I think we're both in the same boat where we can kind of both control our own Mondays. I've still got to do some work, but I can do it kind of from home and things like that. So yeah. I don't need to go and work that early or anything like that, which is nice. Any prediction? Uh, I think San Francisco will win. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. Um, I think it'll be about 41-38 or something like that, I think. Yeah, um, that'd be good. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. I don't think it's going to be like the, the Super Bowl that we had between the Rams and the Patriots a few years ago. Yeah. Um, but I do think... No, last year, wasn't it? Last year, yeah. Last year, God, time flies. Um, I do think it'll be a good game. I think we've got two good teams. I think we've got two of the best teams. We've got two of the best defensive minds in the yeah. game as the head coaches. And I think it's just going to be a slug. Um, first, but I do think San Francisco's defense is better, and you know we're trying to podcast. I don't want to back the Chiefs. I don't want to back Tyreek Hill. <laughs> I don't want to back Frank Clark. So yeah, um, yeah. No, I, but I honestly do think the the 49ers will win. I, I'm not just saying that as Chargers bias, but I do find it hard to root for a few of their characters. To yeah, yeah, definitely. How about yourself? Um, we're off to London. Oh, I'm cool. going to Hippodrome to watch it. So yeah, really good venue. Uh, really, really good venue. Definitely yeah, recommend so if anyone's in the northern area to kind of go there. There'll be a lot yeah. of people there. We're up there for with a few of the lads from the home league, um, and then we're just like I said, uh, we, I'd like got a couple of Forty ers in the group, so oh, I'll be I'll be cheering them on. Like you said, I'm not really. I, I personally think the Chiefs might win it by three. I might it might even come down to who's got the ball at the end, literally yeah, the yeah. last drive, whoever's got it. Um, so it'd be interesting to see. Like you said, it should be a much more high scoring than it was uh, the, the previous uh, Super Bowl. So yeah, it's just hope hope for an exciting. Uh, Hoping for a slightly Super Bowl already. Mm, yeah, for sure. So yeah, no, we'll leave it there, and we'll be back. We'll be back soon and doing some else, something else exciting. Like I say, maybe mixing up these scenarios or doing something else. So uh, yeah. yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.